Thanks so much for listening to No Lions Here with me, Big Panda. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to No Lions Here. I'm Big Panda, and I'm a recovering sex addict. So for today's episode, it's been a been a few weeks. I think it's been almost three weeks since I've been in the studio. I normally don't like to go that long between sessions, uh, but with the holidays coming up, we just passed Christmas this last weekend. Uh, with the holidays and everything, been kind of busy, so... Um, I'm really happy to be back in the studio today, and I've been really looking forward to this. Uh, this is definitely something that I that I look forward to, and so uh, so I'm I'm really happy to be back in here. So before we kind of kick off and get start diving into the next to the last three weeks, um, just want to go ahead and say, hey, you know, if anybody has any comments, feedback, um, anything that they want to hear me discuss on the podcast. Um, or if anybody's struggling, uh, please feel free to email me at nolionshere at gmail.com. Uh, again, that's nolionshere at gmail.com. Uh, again, I'd love to hear from 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 anybody and everybody. Um, and to all of you who have been listening, thank you. Thank you for the support. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, it means a lot to me, you know, getting the feedback and you know, just hearing that people relate to things that I'm talking about, whether they're addicts or not, uh, it's very affirming for me. And on the flip side of that, I don't like to hear other like good people struggling. Um, but, you know, we're all facing something. We're all facing something. And, you know, all we can do is be kind uh, to those around us because we never know what other people are going through. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much for that. I, I just I really appreciate it. All right, so these last three weeks, whew, it's been a doozy. It's been a ride. So Christmas was just this last weekend, um, and actually the the week before that was my birthday. So leading up to my birthday, uh, my birthday's kind of a – it's something that I've always – I've always wanted to make a big deal about it. It's It's one of those weird things where, like, for me – I like the attention. I 100% like the attention. Um, and I want to make a big deal about it, but I don't want to make a big deal about it. Like, I like the attention, but I don't want to ask for the attention. So it's it's one of those things where, like, I just want everybody to know it's my birthday so that they can tell me happy birthday. Um, and, you know, being off of social media, you know, social media does that. It puts when your birthday's out there. So you you hear from people. Well, I don't have Facebook anymore. Um so, you know, leading up to that, um, in the week before that, Patricia and I were, were texting a little bit, and we touched on some feelings um, as far as different stuff going on in our lives, not necessarily with each other. Um, and, you know, that felt really, that, that, was, that was positive. It was good. Um, you know, she, she shared some, some stuff she's struggling with. You know, she asked me what I've been struggling with. Um, and so, you know, just getting to be vulnerable with her is something that brings on a lot of anxiety. Um, and it's also, I, I like doing it. And the anxiety kind of stems from, you know, she is someone that I, I want to be vulnerable with. 
I want to show her my true self. Um, and at the same time, when I do that, yes, it feels good, but it also can, she's not somebody that has agreed to be a part of my life or a part of my recovery. Um, so she, she can come and go as she pleases. And so while, you know, texting her, hearing from her, that's, that's all really good stuff. It's also, it causes a lot of anxiety within me because of the rejection piece and rejection, um, is something that I really, really struggle with. Um, reject, rejection in what other people think of me. Um, and so, so, you know, we, we texted before my birthday, the week before, um, and it was good. You know, it, it ended with her not responding, which is totally fine. Um, totally understand that. And you know, it still hurts. It hurts. Um, but, you know, this, this is everything I go through is part of the process in all of this. It's all part of the process. This is just one big process for me. And I ask God every single day for the willingness and the endurance, the willingness to feel everything. And the endurance to make it through. And some days are better than others. Um, So leading up to my birthday, you know, with how I feel about the attention and, you know, the night before my birthday, if somebody would have came to me and said, hey, Panda, if you don't want tomorrow to be your birthday, hit this button. I would have hit that button in a heartbeat, no thinking at all. I did not want my birthday to be my birthday this year. I did not. I did not. I hit such a low point the day before. I remember coming home from work and I remember just sitting there and I wasn't thinking about using. I wasn't thinking about acting out because I knew that either one of those options had consequences on the other side of it. 100% had consequences on the other side of it. And so I didn't want to go there. So, I mean, if I'm being honest, death did pop into the into my head. Um, now, that's something that I would never do through recovery. I'm, I'm seeing that there's so much more to life and that there's so much in store for me going forward that, yeah, things don't look the way that I want them to look right now. Um, and I've still got a lot of really good things going on. Um, and things are only going to get better as I continue to work my program. And it, and it made sense, you know, there's, yeah, the, the consequence on the other side of it is, is I stopped feeling everything. Um, and at that point in time, I just wanted the pain to stop. I didn't want to stop it for a minute. I didn't want to stop. I wanted it to stop altogether. And then I ended up taking a nap and I, I felt a little bit better after the nap. So my birthday came and it was, it was such a great, it was a, it was an awesome day. I had such a great day. There was so much love uh, and support that I got on my birthday. And I even had guys from the program reaching out to me, just to reach out to me uh, to see how I was doing. And, you know, I told them, hey, it's my birthday. And um, in the meeting that I do, I had a meeting that day and it was on Zoom and, you know, I told the guys, it was my birthday and they all sang happy birthday to me. And I'm going to get emotional just thinking about it. Um, that was awesome. That felt awesome. Um, Patricia actually did reach out to me on my birthday. Um, and that felt really good too. It, although it, it kind of, it scared me, um, gave me a lot of anxiety. 
Um, just because I, the day before, I just built it up in my head that she's not going to reach out to me. She's not going to reach out to me. I, I set an expectation. I set an expectation. So yes, I really wanted her to reach out to me. And then when she did reach out to me, I didn't know what to do with it because I did not expect it. So it caught me off guard. Um, and that just ties into the letting go of expectations. And that I, I absolutely set an expectation that I wasn't going to hear from her. And you know, I, it was, it felt really good um, to hear that from her. And, and it wasn't just her that, that made the day awesome, right? Like that, that was only a small part of it. Everybody else in my life just made the day that much better for me. And it was, it was an awesome day. Um, and the, the, the weird part about it is the next morning when I woke up, I didn't, I took off work on my birthday and the day after. And I woke up the next day and I had an emotional hangover. Um, which was which was such a weird feeling. Um, I've had those before when I've had really rough days. I'll wake up the next day and you can you can just really feel it. The emotions just take a toll on you, um, and it makes sense. There there was such a high that was my birthday that the next day, you know, I wasn't going to get the attention. I wasn't, and that's okay. It just I wasn't. I don't think that I was necessarily prepared for it. Um, so that kind of was just kind of just felt off that day and then the next the following day after that I I uh, I went to a wedding and this is I went to like four weddings this year um and again this was another sober wedding still um you know staying sober and it was a really great wedding I had a great time I danced you know I got to be myself um uninhibited and it was great a lot of great people there it was it was a lot of fun and it was also very emotional, um, just thoughts of Patricia and, you know, wanting that to be her and I, um, or just wanting me to be in that place of feeling that love from a partner. Um, and that was, it was, it was tougher on me than I thought it was because the next day I, I ended up acting out the next day. Um, and it makes complete sense, you know, coming from just the extremes that I was in that week from being so low the day before my birthday to then having such a high from my birthday to then the come down to then putting myself in a place where you're going to feel all these emotions surrounding love and marriage and, you know, that being a desire of mine. Um, it was just, it was hard it was hard to deal with and the the pain was the pain was there and I didn't want to feel it and I I wanted to do something about it that I could get that instant gratification. And you know, if you've listened to the podcast, you you know my stance on instant gratification versus happiness. Um and I was looking for that instant gratification and I got it. If only for a moment. And it was one of those times for me, it was I, I knew that I was gonna act out. I knew it. And it was one of those things where like I didn't want to tell anybody that what my thoughts on it because I didn't want anybody to stop me. It was like, I'm going to do this no matter what. And then on the flip side of that, before I even followed through with any of it, I knew that I was going to tell on myself on the other side. I was all the willing to make a phone call when I was done. Not before because I didn't want to be stopped. I wanted to go through with this. In my mind, I had to go through with this. 
Um, and then as soon as I was done, I picked up the phone, picked up the phone, told on myself, I made multiple calls and I, I hung out with some really good friends of mine and I told them immediately. And, you know, while that helped kind of take me to these low, low places, I'm, it, 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 it still messed with me. 100%. It, it still messed with me. And, you know, the crazy thing about all of this is, is there's withdrawals with sex addiction. Um, and I've, I've, I've really been experiencing those, um, these last couple weeks, um, just restless sleep. Uh, and that's something that's been, been really hard for me. I, I can't seem to turn my brain off when I go to bed and in one of the meetings, we, we talked about the withdrawals and, and I was reminded of that. And so that made a lot of sense. Okay. Okay. I know what's going on. I know where this is coming from. Yes. I'm a very anxious person as it is. Um, but normally when it comes to sleep, I can sleep. Um, so I was just really kind of thrown off by that. Um, so that was tough. That was a, it was a, it was a tough weekend to get through. Um, and that was almost two weeks ago now. So, you know, these, these last, this last month's just been a roller coaster for me, um, of kind of throwing myself back into the hole, wanting to climb out, trying to climb out, but just already being in that place, um, of I don't have much momentum behind me as far as my recovery goes. So trying to get that momentum rolling when I've just when I th- I threw on the brakes, right? I threw on the brakes and, and I'm I'm trying to get this engine started back up again. It's it's so hard because all I want to do is be like, "All right, well, screw this. I'm just going to go I'm just going to go live this double life again." Um and basically just wait to die. And yeah, that's not the life I want to live. I don't want that. I don't want that life. And as painful as things get, I don't want to go back there. Because uh, I just remember all those times, the pain, the pain I've caused myself and others. Yeah, and I just I don't, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. Um, and it's almost like I have this. I have this irrational fear that every time I act out, every time that I've acted out over the course of the last 11 months, um, which is 11 months, 30 days, you're looking at like 300 plus days. Out of those 300 plus days, I've been in my addiction maybe 10 of those days. Um, And that is, when I look at it that way, the progression in that is huge. From where I was at 11 months ago to where I am now, that is, that's progress. That's progress. That's me stepping up. That's me taking charge of my life. That's me working my program and not falling on it no matter how hard things get. And if I fall, I get back up. I get back up. And that's what it's all about. Um, this recovery is hard. This is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. This is the, the hardest year that I've ever had in my life. It's come with a lot of self, a lot of powerful revelations, a lot of self-awareness, 
there's been so this podcast came from this. I mean, there's been so many great things that have come from this. There's also been some extreme lows. And I just have to remember the good things that I have going on again. I got to stop and smell the roses. Um, and I need to constantly, I need to almost constantly remind myself of that. Um, and then I'm seeing it's just things don't look the way that I want them to look. And that's me trying to control everything that's going on. And while things don't look the way that I want them to right now, I know that there is great reward with recovery. And I'm, you know, there's so many times where I'm like, all right, I feel like I'm ready for it. Come on, God, let's go. Show me, you know, give me this purposeful path. Show me, you know, show me the job that I'm, give me the job that I'm going to do for the rest of my life because that's where I'm going to be the happiest. Give me Patricia back. That's where I'm going to be the happiness. I, I don't need those things to validate the work that I'm doing. Um, the partnership will come. The career, the job, that will all that will all come. And then again, this is all part of the process. I have to go through these things in order to appreciate the good things that come from this. And I totally understand that. And again, I lived my life a certain way for so long that it took me a lot of time to get into the woods and it's going to take me a lot of time to get out of the woods. Um, and that every day I'm able to feel what I'm feeling and I'm able to survive and, and come out the other side, that's the work that I need to be doing and not falling back on my old crutches. Uh, so Christmas, you know, that's, um, you know, I spent Thanksgiving out of town. Christmas this year was was in town. Um, and, you know, I, I don't care who you are or how much you love your family. I think that no matter what the holidays brings on this stress, this stress and I felt it I felt it I felt it for and I think that this was you know part of what played into my slips was I, I knew that this was coming and I was so terrified of it so terrified of it because I did not know how I was going to react where was I going to go you don't know you don't know I, I work these stories up in my head that haven't happened yet I've worked these stories up in my head that haven't happened yet, and I freak myself out about it. I think it was Christmas Eve. It was Christmas Eve, and I was out <laughs> doing last-minute shopping. <laughs> and I laugh because and I, I, that's something that, again, I've worked in. I've, I've made this story up in my head that you were the only one panda doing last minute Christmas shopping and people that you're it's the stuff that you go out and buy. And this person checking you out is going to judge you because you waited until December 24th to do your Christmas shopping. Now, granted, I don't have a lot of Christmas shopping. It was fairly easy. Um, but this is the story that I make up in my head is that people are going to look at me. Oh, this dude waited this long. Oh my gosh. You know, what a piece of shit. Um, so that's a that's a narrative in my head. Um, every single year, that's a narrative in my head. And you know, I, I shared that with a buddy of mine, and he was like, "Dude, I went out today too. You are not alone." It, and so many things that I've done in my life, I've just pigeonholed myself. I've put myself in this box of "You're the only person that's doing this, Panda. You are the only person." When that's not true, I'm not alone in anything that I've ever gone through. 
Whether somebody can relate to it or not, I'm not alone. Um, and so I was running around and, you know, I, I had some, some anxieties going into it just because I, I was like, great, there's going to be traffic and there's going to be so many people out here. And, and it was actually, uh, fairly, uh, fairly easy and not too bad and actually made an extra stop so that I could get something for my dog, which I wasn't planning on doing. Um, but I made an extra stop just to get something for him and, you know, I, I remember walking out of the pet store and I made up this scenario in my head of me and a family member getting into an argument over something. Um, I was like, all right, this person's going to be critical of me for this. And this is how I'm going to rebuttal that. And I had to like, pull myself back for a second and be like, whoa, 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 Panda, what are you doing? That didn't happen. That didn't happen. That hasn't happened. We don't even know if that's going to happen. Let's not freak ourselves out. And and this is something that I've done my entire life. I, I make up these scenarios in my head that haven't happened. I don't know if they're going to happen. And I still do this. And I, I feel like I'm always going to struggle with this. Um. And I remember getting in my car and just breaking down crying. And I just was like, why am I so anxious right now? My Christmas shopping is literally done. I'm literally about to drive home and I, that's it for the day. And I'm done. And I got everybody checked off. And I even did something that I was didn't even think I was going to do, but I did it anyway. Um but yet I just was so anxious and I picked up the phone, made a phone call and, you know, talked about it. And that's when this buddy was like, hey, man, you're not alone in this. I did this. I had to do this. Like, I'm not alone. And we ended up having a really good conversation. And it was just the things that I do to myself. Um, and I know that other people can relate to this. The things that I put myself through in my own head. I don't put anybody else through the things that I put myself through. And I, again, I, I think that that a lot of people can relate to that. I am my hardest critic. And there's so many times where I just want to take my brain out of my head and just throw, throw hands at it. I just, Hey, I just want to take my brain out of my head and be like, all right, Hey, let's fight this out. Let's fight this out. And then when we're done fighting, we're on the same team and I'm going to put you back in and we're, we're going to go about life a different way. And there's so many times where I just want to just grab it and be like, what are you doing? We're on the same team. Why are you trying to bring me down? Why are you trying to bring me down? Um, and obviously I can't fist fight my brain. Um, if I could have, we would have fought many, 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 many times. Um, but what I can do is I can rewire it, and that's going to take time. Um, and I'm and I'm things have get, been getting more manageable in those those areas, and also the more that I use my tools, the easier they are to to access and use because they're not so foreign. The more I use them, the less foreign they get to me, the less scary they get to me. The biggest ones for me are prayer and connection, um, and those are essentially the two. The two guidelines, the the baseline for recovery is higher power and connection. 
Um, and you know, I've touched on that before. Um, so, you know, Christmas Day, Christmas Day came around. Um, I enjoy cooking. I don't cook nearly enough. Um, I told my mom, hey, I'm going to help with the cooking this year. Um, I'll do the main course and I'll do a side and let her fill in with a couple of the sides. But I was basically doing the work, um, which is great. You know, my mom and I, um, you know, she she can get kind of stressed out um, over the holidays. Her and I are completely opposite people. Um, she's very high strung, very organized where I'm just more just laid back, go with the flow. Why are you yelling kind of thing? Um, and so she can really get herself worked up. And I remember I went home one night a few weeks ago and she just kind of let me, let me have it. Um, you know, she was, she was venting and, and there were some truths in her vent as far as I was concerned. You know, I, I live with my mother. Um, I pay my bills. I do my laundry. Um, and honestly, there's, I, I, there's areas that I could improve. I could do a better job of picking up after myself. Um, and she kind of brought these things to light. And while there was some stuff in there that was exaggerated, I saw the truths in there as well that I could be doing better. And, you know, is luckily I had just talked to my buddy about my feelings and my day to where I was in a good place to just be there for her and to listen to her and let her just say what she had to say. Yeah, the whole time I wanted to poke holes in it. I wanted to get defensive. I wanted to poke holes in it. Um, but I didn't. And it was it was tough to sit through, not going to lie. Um, it's never fun when someone tells you that you can be doing more. Um, and But the truths in it kept me from exploding because I was like, mm, there's, okay, yeah, all right. That's a little exaggerated. Oh, you know what? That's a piece of truth. Okay. Yep. I see that. And basically I just, I can do more around the house for her. And, you know, this whole time I've, I've had these desires, you know, when I was living with Patricia, you know, and, and she asked me to, you know, I would help her with the chores. I never did it with a good attitude um, or very rarely was it. Um, it wasn't like I was like, no, nah, you know, screw this, screw that. I'm not doing it. It was just, I never did it with a good attitude. Um, or I never just did it just to do it. Um, I was very selfish in that sense. And in my addiction, very, very selfish person. That's all I was thinking about was myself. Um, and you know, this, this whole time I'm like, all right, like, all right, Panda, if we get this chance, you know, if I get another chance with Patricia, I'm... I'm going to go into it with this whole different attitude because I'm in a whole different mindset now that I want to be that partner that helps out. I want to be the partner that that does the little things to help out without being asked um, or without any acknowledgement either. And I was like, okay, you know what? I've had these desires to be that person for her. Why not be that person for my mom? I can honor my mom in that sense. And then if I get the chance to do that with Patricia, I'm not so shell-shocked by it. And I can learn to make the things that I need to be doing around the house more enjoyable. I can learn how to make things more enjoyable so that, again, I'm not shell-shocked 
if I get that chance. And if I don't get that chance to do it for Patricia, it's still good stuff that I need to be doing anyway. Um, and so it's funny. I, I told my sponsor about it and I was like, look, you know, there's, there's truths in it. And I see my part in all of this and all right. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna commit to taking the trash out. I'm gonna commit to picking up. To, and he was like, "Whoa!" My sponsor was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, Panda. That's why don't we relinquish the control? Can you relinquish the control? Can you go to your mom and say, "Hey, what can I do for you? There's truth in what you said. What can I do for you? Relinquish that control." And I was like, "Absolutely." He's like, "Just think about it. You know, I, I love your spirit. I love your willingness. But let's just think about it." And that made a lot of sense to me. Uh, that made a lot of sense. Um, here I was trying to con- take control and be like, okay, well, I can commit to this, this, and this. Okay, well, how about I give up that control and give her that to her? Let me ask her what I can do for her. And that is going to mean more to her than me being like, all right, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and that's it. So I did circle back with my mom, and we had that conversation, and it was a really good conversation. I felt really good about it. Um, and she gave me the list and, you know, I told her, Hey, that was really tough to sit through. Um, but I see the, tr- I, and I see the truths in it. So I I've, and you know, I, I've done some things around the house and that she has acknowledged that she's acknowledged when I've done these things for her. And that feels really good. I'm the validation and that feels really good, especially for my mom. Um, so Leading to Christmas, I was like, okay, what can I do for her in the sense? Um, and sure, maybe I didn't give up all the control in that situation and say, hey, what can I cook for you? You know, I kind of approached her with, hey, this is what I would like to do. And and I feel like it's okay in that situation. And she was very thankful and grateful for that. So followed through with that. Um, and so I felt good. I was cooking. Um, it felt good. Um, I even reached out to a to a new guy in the program and we ended up having a 20 minute conversation we had a lot of um acting out behaviors were the same for us um and so that it felt really good you know to be there so i got some service in i'm i'm, I'm helping my mom um you know i, I was feeling okay uh, and then it came time to sit down and like do presents and that's when things kind of just sad, very sad, very um, depressed. I felt very lonely because uh, I wasn't spending Christmas with the people that I really wanted to spend that with, and that was Patricia and her kids. You know, it's funny. I, I, uh, One of the managers at work today was like, you know, he was asking us, well, we're in a meeting. He's like, what's the best part about Christmas and what's the worst part about Christmas? And he brought up the, he didn't like putting together the stuff for the kids. He's like, it takes all day. And I specifically remember being on Christmas being like, you know what I would give right now? To go and just get to put together the things that the kids got all day. You know how happy I would have been just doing that all day? I would have jumped at that opportunity. So that's kind of where I was at. And then, you know, my mom, growing up, Legos was huge for us. Um, you know, my mom got me and my brothers some Legos to put together as a family while the brothers were in town. And 
the last time I built Legos was with Patricia. That was her and I's thing. Um, we turn on Lego Masters. This is a great show, by the way. Not a plug. Um, and we would build Legos. And you know she <laughs> I'd laugh because she she loved puzzles. I hated puzzles. Um, so we compromised and we went with Legos, and it it turned out. That was a, a something that gave us excitement. It gave us something to do together when we were at home. Like it was, we built shelves and put all of our Legos up on these shelves. And it, I'm, I cherish those memories. I cherish those memories, and I would do anything to sit down and just build a Lego set with Patricia, even if we didn't talk. Even if I had to leave right after it was done, I would do anything to do that. And so seeing the Legos and, you know, it was it was one of those things, too, that after we ate and lunch was great, I killed it. <laughs> um, you know, they my brothers, two of my brothers were home. And they busted out the Legos, and one brother took one set, and the other brother took another set. And I remember thinking, you know what? I don't want to. I don't think I'm going to build. I don't think I'm going to build. I think that's going to be too triggering. It was already kind of triggering to me. And I remember being like, well, you know what? All right, I'm going to go eat dessert on the table and just sit with them and you know watch them. And honestly, though, that was it was such a depressing scene to me. Because here we were as a family together, yet nobody was talking. Nobody was talking. Both my brothers' faces were just in Legos. Nobody was talking. And at that moment, I felt so alone. I felt so alone. It's so crazy how even surrounded by people... And I've, I've, I've brought this up before, being surrounded by people, I can feel so alone. I feel more alone sometimes when I'm surrounded by people than I do when I'm physically by myself. And it was, it was so depressing. So I was already feeling lonely and then that just added a whole new layer to the loneliness and, and finding out that loneliness is a huge trigger for me. And it's more of that partner lonely that partner loneliness um that's something that i really really struggle with because through all of this i'm seeing how bad i want a family and how bad i want somebody there by my side somebody that i can hold when the day's over somebody that loves me for who i am and not my friends my friends love me they love me for who I am, and they're by my side 100%. I can't necessarily call up my buddy to go cuddle him. I guess I could, but it's not the same. So that, that partner loneliness is something that I really struggle with. So that, and then on top of just feeling lonely, just with family, and I felt so lonely, was just this huge trigger for me. And so I... I did jump in. One of my brothers left, and I picked up where he left off and started building Legos. Um, and it was good. It was good. I, you know, threw the AirPods in and 
listen to music and it was good, but my mind was just the pain, the pain, the pain. I wanted to run so bad and yet, you know, building Legos was not necessarily this ultra happy, happy place for me like some of my other outer circle stuff is um, to where I can get lost in it. And it just shuts my brain off and all I think about is building Legos. Um, Because to me, I associate Legos with that companionship, that teamwork. Patricia and I are doing this together. This is something that we both really enjoy and we were we we took turns and we helped each other and and it was again those memories are something that I'll always cherish um, and hope to one day get to do that again. Um, but in my mind it was like all right, well maybe um, let me maybe I'll download this cruising app. Maybe there's there's going to be people in town that normally are on the app from out of town they're visiting family you know maybe this might be a good opportunity for me i might get to see what else is out there and so i did i downloaded a cruising app um and i like immediately start talking to this person and in the pictures this person looked like a fantasy talked like a fantasy um and i was like okay it was fairly quick. It all happened. I didn't really have to cruise too long. Um, and I got an address. I got an address. Um, I got a phone number. I was ready to go. I showered. Um, and the whole time, I'm, I'm, I'm isolating myself in my bedroom. Um, I'd co- try to come down and try to work on... I'd try to work on... Um, the Legos to try to kind of take break up my mind that wasn't working. Cause I was too afraid of what am I missing? What am I missing? So I did something this time. I, I asked this person to video chat with me before I went over there. And again, I'm showered. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm doing this. And what's funny is, is like, I, I got the feeling Physically that I got when I was like doing coke and doing this and I wasn't using any substances and but yet I'm I'm shaky. I'm anxious. I'm oh, I'm, I'm almost paranoid to some extent. So here I am and I, and I asked this person to to video chat with me and I was dead set on video chatting with this person before I went over there and then I finally got this person on video chat and I was like. I don't want to do that. And the whole time, you know, there's these thoughts in my head of, hey, man, like you don't want to do this. Remember. Remember the way it makes you feel afterwards. Remember it. And I had a guy that I talked to um, who said to me one time, he's like, I forget so easily. I forget so easily. So even in that moment of trying to remind myself of how I felt on the other side, the pain was too much that I didn't want to feel that. And I didn't care how I felt on the other side because I had this intense situation that just wrapped me up. Um, Realizing that the addiction for me is about intensity. It's the intensity. It's the buildup. It's cocaine is intense. So when that's involved, that just amplifies things. And I'm addicted to the intensity. So I, I was video chatting with this person and it was not 
I was n- I was not myself. I was I didn't really want to talk. I didn't really know what to say. It was awkward. It was, and as soon as I hung up, I knew while I was on the phone or on the on the phone with this person, I was like, I'm not gonna go do this. I'm gonna get off and I'm gonna immediately delete, delete, block everything. As soon as I got off, blocked the number, deleted the app, deleted the profile, deleted the app. Um, and I start, and I picked up the phone. I picked up the phone, and it's nine thirty on a, on Christmas night. And the first call I made, a guy answered. Called my well, okay, sorry about that. Um, I called my sponsor first. I called my sponsor first. Uh, I want to be honest. Called my sponsor first, and then I called this other guy. So it was my second call that I made. And you know, sometimes I've talked here before. Sometimes I got to make five, six phone calls before someone answers. And second phone call, this guy picked up, and I was so shocked, honestly, because again, it was Christmas. I know this guy's got a family. Um, Nine thirty on Christmas. Who wants to be taking a phone call? But that just shows kind of the fellowship and the brotherhood of the of the program is. And I tell the guys this all the time: reach out whenever. If I don't answer, I will get back to you. Um, I, so I knew that I was going to talk to somebody. Just wasn't sure who I was going to talk to. And this person answered. Um, and there's a lot of things that him and I really connect with. He's got the dual addiction. It was, his was was coke as well um as well as the sex um so he can really relate to me on those levels and honestly that's one of the reasons why i called him uh because i know that he can relate and he's the one that actually kind of helped me realize how big loneliness is a how big of a trigger loneliness is for me so one it felt really good to one to just air everything out tell on myself you know, just because I, even though I didn't act out, I still need to talk about it. I still need to say what I did and what I was going to do, right? Like I can't just call and be like, hey, I'm struggling. Uh, I need to be very specific with what I'm struggling with and what I'm doing. And that's going to help take the power away from those things for me. Because um, again, I, I'm talking to people that I know that I can be open and honest with. I can tell these people anything. And I've shared some of the thoughts that cross the crime scene that is my brain sometimes. And I've gotten nothing but love and support. Um, and that's what keeps me coming back is just the love and support and that I can tell these people anything. Uh, maybe not anything, but the majority of the stuff that I go through, I can uh, everything that I go through, everything that I think I can talk about. And I need to be talking about it. And so it's just, it felt really good for, again, for this guy to take time out of his night, Christmas night, to talk to me, to calm me down. He was like switching rooms and like, it just, the love and support that I got and that I felt from him was just, it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. And that that really that really helped. I went outside. I was I walked up and down the street. I was just I just needed to talk. And you know, going into this weekend or going into Christmas, um, you know, one of my therapists was like, "Hey, you should you need to have an escape plan. What oh, you need to have a plan set up for you to escape and for you to get away, not in." 
not the escape routes that I normally used to take, but hey, tell somebody, hey, I'm, you're going to be on call. I might just show up to your house. Are you okay with that? I will call, but I might just show up. So I had that set up. I, I did something I got out of the house um, Christmas Eve. Uh, a buddy and his wife invited me over to their family Christmas Eve. And that was awesome. They didn't have to do that. Um, and so absolutely, I went over there. And, um, you know, the, the day after Christmas, I, I had plans of playing hockey and going fishing and spending some good quality time in my outer circle. Um, it's just Christmas Day, I did not have anything going on because it was Christmas. Um, it was Christmas. Normally, a lot of people are tied up with family stuff. Um my mom's really big into having us around for Christmas, which I totally understand. Um, basically, any holiday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, my mom's always been really big on us being around, and I totally understand that. And so, you know, me going out on Christmas Eve to my buddy's house, you know, her and I had a conversation about it, and at first she was kind of like, oh, well, why don't you want to be here? You don't want to spend Christmas Eve here? And I was like, well, hold on. It's not like that. I'm going to be gone for a couple hours, and then I'll be back. I'm not just not staying the night here um, or anything like that. And, and we eventually we talked about it, and she's like, no, I understand. Um, do what you got to do. And that's one aspect of her and I's relationship that I've really come to appreciate. She, she knows that there's certain things that I have to do to make sure that I stay in a good place. And so, you know, Christmas, I didn't have anything lined up because, again, I didn't want to hurt her feelings by being like, hey – I got to go. I got to go. I'll be back in a couple hours. It was Christmas. Um, and so I just, I had a plan, but my plan did not have something on Christmas. It was basically like just stick around the house, um, which turned out to be a very lonely place for me. Um, so going forward, you know, I'll absolutely be a little, I'll have a, you know, again, a learning this was a learning process for me and it's a, still a process. Everything I'm going through, this is the process. Um, and it was, I just, I, I now, I now know where I kind of need to, to batten down the hatches just, just a little bit more, uh, when the holidays roll around. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm still not out of the clear, um, as far as the year goes and everything like that, um, New Year's is coming up and then January. January's the, uh, I hate calling it an anniversary, um, but January was the discovery date. Um, and that's a day that I don't think I'll ever forget. It's tough. Just that whole month of January was really tough for me last year. Um, so, you know, and then I got on the phone with my sponsor after I talked to this guy and it was just really good, solid connections. Honestly, like it, it re-energized me. It, whereas before I was for a, for a solid few hours, you know, I was just a shell. And after that, I was energized. I came back in the house. I was energized. I felt good. You know, it's, it's crazy how these things work. And how the tools work if you use them. And then I have to remember that I have these tools and those tools are here for a reason because they work. They are tried and true. Um, 
And so I felt a lot better after that. And the next day, you know, the next couple of days were, they were good. Sunday was, was, was a little bit better the day after Christmas. Uh, again, had some solid stuff going on. Um, good connection. And it just, it was, it was, it was, it was tough. It was, but overall it was tough. Um, it was really tough. Um, and then, you know, coming back to work this week after the extended break and this week's another short week with new year's coming up and just no real motivation. Um, I had, you know, work's been not the best place for me recently. I had a situation last week it was last week it was tuesday um didn't really do a whole lot honestly at work uh just it was one of those weeks i was like all right it's gonna be a slow week and a lot of people use vacation time and we're kind of slow right now as it is and i remember it was noon and i hadn't done anything yet and one of my managers, I just completely disagree with the way he manages people and um, very micromanaged. I don't like that. I don't like people breathing down my neck. Um, and I remember it was noon and I, I have this, it's Voices in Recovery. Um, and every day there's a different passage in there from, you know, from from a sex addict. And just every day is a different one and they're, and they're a little motivation and they make you think and... It's just nice, so nice to get other people's perspective. And that's basically my routine is I'll read that every morning. And for some reason, I was sitting at my desk. It was noon. I had already read it for the morning. Um, I do that within like the first half hour I'm at work. And I was looking at my book. And I turn around and my supervisor and my other lead was whose management was was standing over me. And my supervisor, this is the first time my supervisor has had this conversation with me. First time in a year that I've been where I'm at now that this is the first time in a year that anybody's ever had to be like, hey, get to work. Because um, I pride myself on my work ethic. Um, and my supervisor was like, what, are you, what if it's noon? What have you done today? And I was like, nothing. And he's like, why? And I was like, well, it's just been a bad day. And he was like, okay, well, you need to get to work. And so in that moment, I felt cornered. It wasn't necessarily the conversation itself. Um, it was I felt cornered. I didn't know why my lead had to go get my supervisor for this when he could have just talked to me one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and so I was so baffled and confused as to why he felt the need to go get my supervisor, who I have a really good relationship with, knows my situation, um, and has actually helped me in a couple different areas um, as far as things go. So I was just so confused. And again, I felt cornered that I felt the walls going up. I felt the walls. I wanted to get defensive. I wanted to strike back. Oh, you're coming at me. Let me come at you. Because um, that's where I go. I either go to numb and quiet. Or I want to, I want to rip your head off. And as I was, I was like, okay, no problem. You're right. No, absolutely. I need to get to work. No problem. I'll go get to work. And as I was walking away, my supervisor was like, hey, that book you're reading, which is the, my voices in recovery. He was like, hey, you need to go read that in the break room. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. That is something that I need for my recovery. My health and well-being is my number one priority. And if I'm in a bad place, 
I'm going to come over here and I'm going to just like I'm I, if I need to make a phone call, I'm going to step aside and make a phone call. And he was like, uh, this is a place of business. And I was like, yeah, but my health and well-being is my number one, my number one priority. And he's like, well, you need to come and talk to me if you want to read it. And I walked away and I was so pissed off because I was like, it's going to take me longer to walk to your desk to be like, hey, I need to step aside for a couple minutes. Then it will for me to just walk over to my desk, take a couple minutes to myself, read what I got to read, and then go about my day. And I was like, he has never talked to me like this. This is not like him. I'm pissed off. All day I stood over that and in my head I'm like, how can I be petty to them? How can I just really stick it to these guys um, without getting fired, essentially? How can I just – and I'm also kind of in this place in my life where, like, I'm not going to get walked all over uh, by an employer. I, I've done that. That's I've been put in that situation so many times, and I've just taken it. to now I'm to the point where I'm like, I am not going to stand for that. And that I can stand up for myself in a non-insubordinate way to just be like, hey, you're not going to walk all over me. I'm not going to, I'm a human being. Um, so I was just, so, now, thanks to the program, the program has taught me that in any situation, where's my fault? Again, those truths, those truths that I, I had to face with my mom in that conversation and the truths in this situation. Okay, well, Panda, you weren't doing anything work-wise. That's why they came over to your desk. That is why you had a confrontation about your recovery book. So I was like, gosh, dang it. I don't like admitting that I'm wrong. I don't like admitting that I had a part in it and that I was a victim in that. Mm. I hadn't thought of it like that as far as the whole victim mindset. Hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna revisit this tomorrow. I'm not gonna do it now. I'm too hot. I'm too I'm too pissed off. I'm gonna say something I don't want to say. So I'm just gonna pull myself back. And I the rest of that night I just stewed and stewed and couldn't get to bed. My mind was racing. And I remember the next day I came in and I said, Hey. He he had said something like, you all right today? And I was like, no, I'm, 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 no. And he goes, you look pissed off. And I go, I'm frustrated. Um, and he said, okay, well, you want to talk about it? And I was like, not right now. I want to help the team. Um, I need to get, do some work real quick. I'll circle back with you. Um, about an hour later, he circled back with me. And I was just like, hey, man, I apologize for my role in things yesterday. I said, I was in the wrong. I was not working. And I said, so when I apologize for that, I go, you've not had to have this conversation with me in over a year. You know, you know that I work and you know, I, I, I put the work in and, and I was like, you know, I gotta be honest though. I did not like how you approached me about my recovery book. I said, I understand that this is a place of business. However, my recovery is life or death. And that's not an exaggeration when I say that. Because if I go back into my addiction and I stay there, 
I'm just an addict waiting to die. And I don't want to die. And so I said, hey, you know, you know my situation. You know, I, I'm not out here just spending all day on the phone. I'm not, you know, I'm, I, I work. I understand this is a job. I understand this is what I get paid to do. Like, I, and, I, and I do those things and I do them well. And he was like, look, I totally understand. And he was like, I was having a bad day yesterday too. Um, he opened up to me and said that the night before, two nights before that, his wife came to him about a divorce and he was like, so I wasn't, I wasn't in a good place. And I go, man, I'm, you know, I was like, that wasn't me. I was like, I felt cornered. I was baffled. I was confused. Um, you know, you've never had to have these conversations with me. So I was just, I was really, I felt cornered. And when I feel cornered, it's not good for me. Um, again, I'm liable to fly off the handle. And he said, nope, I know that that wasn't you. And that wasn't me either. He was like, "The well, I was having a bad day. The way you came at me caused me to come at you that way. And so we, we had a really good conversation about it. And I'm really glad that we, we had that conversation and got it out on the table. And I'm really proud of myself for how I handled that. I circled back, just like everything I've been doing. I circled back. And we were able to talk like grownups and I was able to own my part in it because that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to own my part in it and make amends for that. So I was really proud of how I handled that. Um, and you know, he, what he told me, he's like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it, but here's what I'm going through. I said, okay, Hey, thank you for sharing that with me. The next day he came over and he was talking to me more about it. I wasn't asking, I wasn't prodding. He just felt the need to come over and, t- and talk to me about it. And I like that. I feel weird sometimes because I don't necessarily know what to say. Sometimes I feel like I need to have this perfect response and I'm going to give them the best advice of their life. And then I don't. And I'm like, well, well, I felt kind of stupid now because I really didn't say much when I know how important it is to just get some things out. And there's so many times where I don't need anybody to say anything back to me. I just need to get it out and I just need to tell somebody. Um, and I, and I, I felt trusted this guy was was sharing with me something very hard that was going on with his life. And he, he, he felt that I was trustworthy enough to tell that too. And that felt, that felt really good. And it only just, you know, helped our relationship and, and things have been good ever since then. Um, and actually it was a little bit of a wake up call that I can be doing more when I'm at work. I, when I'm in these bad places, I tend to, um, I just want to sulk. I just want to sit in it when it's like, hey, let's focus on the task at hand and let's let's not worry about what's going on. Ten toes down, where are we at right now? While I'm at work, I can be working. I need to – I've never been one to throw myself into my work, um, but I am trying to, again, just stay present, and that means doing my job. So this week, returning to work – uh, was was really tough for me. There's there's been so many times in my recovery where I look for I just want somebody else to tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do. And there are times where people can't tell me what to do. Um, but a lot of the times it's hey Panda, here's my opinion, and then I get to do what I want with it. If it's good, I'll take it and I'll store it. If it's not, yeah, okay. They said that what they had to say, mm. and sometimes that's affected me. But basically, I've just I just want somebody to tell me what to do. Tell me what to do, especially when it comes to Patricia. 
I want somebody to tell me what to do. Okay, this is how you play this panda. This is what you do. Do this and you'll get this. Don't do this and this. And it's like, yeah, people can tell me what not to do. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I know what not to do. But there's, it's like there's this, there's this concrete list of things not to do. And this is just with my recovery in general too. Is there's this concrete list of things not to do that I can look at and say, okay, well, I don't want to do those. As far as the list of the right things to do, that is, there's so many things. There's so many possibilities with that. And there's so many times where I just want somebody to tell me the right thing to do in that situation, especially when it comes to Patricia. And, you know, coming to the realization that nobody can tell me what to do at the end of the day, they can give me their opinions. At the end of the day, it's my life and it's my decision. It's nobody else's life. It's my life, my decision. So here I was on t Tuesday. You know, I really want to talk to Patricia. I want to talk to her. Um, and what I really want to do is I really want to ask her for a sit-down conversation. I want to, I want to have a sit-down conversation with her. I want, to, I want to say the things that I really want to say. And she has to agree to hear those things before I say them. And they're, they're about my desires. They're about my feelings for her. Um, and it, it doesn't matter the outcome. Like I don't, I care if she rejects me, but at the same time, I can't control that. I can't control how she responds to those things. And there's her response is not what it's about. It's just this desire to be heard by her. And that's been a constant desire over the last year. You know, with everything, with the roller coaster, the ups and the downs, the one thing that has been constant is my desire to be heard by her. And to hear, I want to spill my guts. I want to spill my heart to her. And that's not something that she has agreed to. So I can't just bombard her with all these, with all these emotions and feelings that I want to tell her about. Um, so I have to ask her. And that is... And I, and I want somebody to tell me how to go about that. So Tuesday, here I am in my head like, okay, well, nobody can tell you what to do in this situation. So therefore, why talk about it? Why talk about it at all? There's no point in talking about it because nobody can tell me what to do. So I'm just going to keep this in. Well, that's the wrong answer for sure. That's on the list of wrong things to do is to hold this in. I need to be getting this stuff out. And so here I am just internally fighting myself um, and also realizing where I'm trying to take control and how I need to relinquish that control and I need to give it to God. And, and that's something that I've, I've really changed my prayers in that way of with that situation, I pray for God's will for it. God, whatever your will is for that situation, I want that. That could mean Patricia and I make up. That could also mean I never talk to her ever again. Whatever this, whatever the case is with the situation, I don't know what it is, and that's making it black and white, um, which I don't want to be doing either. But you know, I whatever. Basically, what I'm saying is, whatever will God has for this situation, I want that because I want God's will in my life. I want God's will for my life to happen. And I have to surrender so many things.
That's really hard for me to do. So I'm, I catch myself trying to play God. Okay, well, Panda, you can't control the situation. If it's supposed to happen, then it will happen. And let's pray for that. God, let your will be done with the situation and help me be okay with whatever your will is. And that's a prayer that I pray so many times, so many times over the course of the day. Um, instead of I want, I want, I want, God, show me what you want. Because what you want from my life is good for me. And that's my destiny. And I want to, I want to live my destiny. That's a full life lived. Um, so, you know, I'm, so I, my, my, my friend Rocket, he, someone that is by my side through all of this, um, knows the ins and outs of my story and my feelings and, and everything. And he was having a hard day that day as well. And, we were working side by side that day. This was yesterday. We were working side by side and we weren't really talking much. And I, I was like, all right, I need to apologize that I've been kind of reserved and quiet. And he actually came to me and was like, hey, I'm really sorry that I'm not like doing more. I'm just, I'm really struggling today. And I said, no, I actually, I'm, one, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. And two, I was going to apologize to you for being quiet and reserved. And I just started crying. You know, and, and and talking about what's going in my head, and, and Rocket turned to me and said, "Hey, why don't you do what you what you've done in the past? Write down what you want to say to her. Not what I want to, not everything I want to say to her, but write down, start drafting what how you want to ask for this conversation, and then start talking about it with people." And that's something that I've done with all of my responses to Patricia. Anytime we're, we're texting, I, I write down my response and then I run it by at least one person. I need to shine light on it. I can't do it in secrecy. Anything I do in secrecy is not good for me. Um, so while sometimes it feels dumb and I feel like I'm planning it out too much, it's what I need to be doing, right? It's all part of the process. And it's a good process for me to have. I need to invite God into it and I need to talk about it with somebody. And if I can do that, that's me going about things the right way. I'm doing everything that I can right in that situation. The rest is up to God at that point. And so, so you know, Rocket was like, hey, why don't you write down this response? And I was like, that is an awesome idea. Um, and then he was like, you know, no one's... Nothing's there's, there's nothing stopping you from reaching out to her. If you want to reach out to her, reach out to her. Patricia has not said, don't talk to me. Don't reach out to me. She hasn't said any of that. She has actually said the opposite. Hey, I like hearing from you. Um, you know, I know it's not something that we can do on a constant basis or every week um, or every couple weeks even. I, I really want to respect her space and her and that I don't want to smother her. Um, cause that'll absolutely give me the answer that will get, that'll give me an answer for sure. Um, and it won't be one that I'll be happy with. Um, so I was like, man, you're, you're right. Like, yeah, I can absolutely start writing this down and you're right. Like nothing's stopping me. I'm stopping me. And again, I get in my way so damn much, so damn much that I get in my way again, going back, I just want to pull my brain out and I want to fist fight it. And 
that just like really, really helped. That really, really helped me. That honestly was a relief. The rest of the day, I felt like I could breathe. I was in a better mood. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still a lot of anxieties around that situation. Um, And, you know, especially with the thought of, okay, like, I am going to ask her for a sit-down conversation sometime in the near future. Well, I don't want to say necessarily near future because I don't know when. I'm not going to do it today. I'm not going to do it tomorrow. I'm not going to do it this weekend Um, because I need to make sure I go about it the right way. But even just the act of writing it out, writing out what I wanted to say and talking about it, and I'm going to continue to talk about it with people and go about it the right way, invite God in. And, you know, last night before going to bed, I just... I just cried out in prayer and I'm, you know, I, I, yes, I have hope for her and I, I also have to, and I also have to give it up and I have to say, God, let your will be done in this situation and whatever that will is, it's how it's meant to be. That's really hard for me to say because I want, I want things to go a certain way and I don't know if they're going to or not. And so, you know, I just, I prayed and I, I prayed and, I I prayed for his will to be done with the situation and I asked him, you know, what's what's her role in my life? And you know, I, I got some I believe that I got some answers today from God that just made me realize, okay, like there is hope. There is hope and that this is everything I'm going through right now is part of the process is part of the process and I don't I'm not really going to go into the things that God has shown me or the signs I, but I just have to realize that you know everything I'm going through right now is all part of the process it's all part of the process and even though things yesterday was was really tough for me and you know what I didn't act out I didn't act out. I didn't use. I hit a meeting. I cried in the meeting. I shared. I I spent time with God. I spent time with my dog. I I made it through. I made it through in one piece. And I don't have the shame. Oh, I acted out last night. I don't have that shame. And that I helped a couple guys in the meeting with my honesty and my rawness and my vulnerability. And that's how I need to be living life. And that everything that I'm going through right now is all part of that process. It's all part of the process. And I have to be reminded of that, that the good times and the bad times, they're all happening for a reason. And they're happening when they are supposed to happen. There's no coincidence so no coincidences when God is involved in your life. Everything happens for a reason and it happens when it's supposed to happen. This is all part of the process. And it's one big giant process that is going to be a lifelong process. But as long as I stick with it, good things are going to come. And I can't say it enough. This is all part of the process. All right, guys, on that note, I'm going to go ahead and leave you with that. Um, Again, any comments, feedback, anything, anything you want to say to me, 
um, please feel free to email me no lions here at gmail.com. Again, that's no lions here at gmail.com. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hope you guys can get something out of it. If not, Hey, I got something out of it. <laughs> and, uh, it was a pleasure sitting down with you and, uh, until next time.